0: What are cryptocurrencies? What are NFTs? Time to buy Bitcoin. Mm. Buy and hold. Time to sell to
1: whales.
2: Decentralized finance. Smart contract. White paper. Well then buy it.
1: Well then sell it. I don't know.
2: Novelty. New coins, new dubs, new ups and downs. Every day there's something new happening in crypto let's face it, sometimes, it can get a bit overwhelming. But don't panic, we've got you covered. From Ledger, this is your host, Mole Said, and I'm glad to be welcoming you on The Ledger, live from Paris. Like every week, we're hosting inspiring minds of the community who will share their vision, put forward their experience, and discuss stimulating matters to help you navigate the space, so you can finally chill and find answers to questions you never dare to ask. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Ioannis Gennaros. Ioannis is a technical entrepreneur and a payment guru. He's the co-founder and chief executive officer of Wire, an avant-garde tech company that provides crypto projects like Ledger with the set of tools they need to interact with the legacy financial system will be joined by Iqbal Gandam. Iqbal is our global VP for payments and transactions here at Ledger. He's a fintech pioneer who led the development of various companies and held notable positions such as Chief Marketing Officer at NobMeg or Managing Director at eToro. Iqbal is also the founding chair of the UK Crypto Association. Together, we'll explore the potential and challenges of an open financial system that connects blockchain and cryptocurrencies to traditional finance. A conversation that will most certainly give you a taste of what tomorrow's fintech will be like. The future is now. And now is also the time for On The Ledger, Episode 3. So here we go. Yani Iqbal, welcome to On The Ledger. It's a pleasure to have you both here on another episode of the show. How are you doing, gentlemen?
1: Very well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: So, before we dive into this, um, we usually kick off the conversation by trying to provide an easy gateway to the topic for our listeners who might not be very familiar with what we're about to discuss. So, the types of questions that people are sometimes afraid to ask, we call them the not so stupid questions because, as you know, in crypto, there is no such thing as a stupid question. Um, I'm going to start with you, Yanni. Yanni Wire is all about connecting the crypto world to what we call the real world or the fiat world um, through a set of applications and apis maybe you could give us a quick overview of what an API is um, and actually how it actually works
1: yeah quick question um, so api's are, are quite simple to understand it's just um it's a way that two computers or applications communicate so an API is just like a easy way for applications to communicate to each other and they can perform e- like multiple functions so when you're using your phone uh, or if you're using your Uh, any single website, it usually connects to some kind of uh, API that communicates to um, something like the instant messaging of Facebook, or some, you know, uh, checking the weather connects to different servers that uh, give you access to information, and it presents it in a really easy way. So, wired functions very similar. We provide APIs that uh, allow uh, companies to interact with payment functions. So, say somebody wants to um, connect to a bank account or pull money from a different area, an API. We provide APIs to make that function very very easy for companies like ledger and and
2: many other companies in the world what does api stand for
1: uh apis is i I, it's a Application programming interface. Bringing out my bringing out my computer science one on one in here. I'd Be very happy for that.
2: So maybe you could tell us more about how you actually integrate with other projects and what what what's the added value that you bring.
1: Hundred percent. So the, all this payment functionality. So we you know Wire in a nutshell allows um, companies to um, build app, uh, very compliant APIs and 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 very compliant applications to bring crypto to the masses. So um, they're, you know, the payment functions of taking in money and onboarding users is typically a regulated activity. So Wire is fully regulated to allow uh, companies to kind of have these sort of functionalities and, and functions within an application. So we um, we typically integrate through a widget, um, very similar to the widget that we integrated with Ledger, um, where we onboard users, they connect their bank account, and perform a function of depositing funds directly into
2: um, uh, a Ledger wallet. Iqbal, you've recently joined Ledger as global VP of payments and transactions. Um, In your opinion, why is it it important to build such bridges? And what does it add in terms of value uh, to the overall ecosystem?
0: So in simplest terms, you know, why do we build any kind of bridge to get us from A to B? Um, Today, the majority of people receive money, their salary, In traditional, what I call traditional currencies. So, you know, the US dollar, the the pound, the euro, and they pay their bills also in these traditional currencies. In order to get into the world of, of, of crypto or purchase, say, Bitcoin or Ethereum, we need to have connectors between what I'm going to call the old world, which is traditional money, and the new world, which is crypto. And this is where companies such as Wire come in. They provide the fiat on ramps, or let's call them fiat rails. Which allows a user to take to connect their bank account to the world of crypto. And so Wire does this for us in a simple manner using ACH. You're gonna ask me what ACH stands for. And I think exactly. I think it's something to do with something clearing house. So I might need help on the on the A, but it allows for bank to bank transfers um, in the US, which is something that Ledger didn't have a few weeks ago, but it has today.
2: So we're talking about building bridges. Yanni, back to you. How does one build bridges between, on one hand, uh, the crypto world, which is predicated on an ethos of financial freedom and decentralization, and on the other hand, the centralized world that has pretty strict requirements? What are the challenges and the tensions there that you kind of have to ease?
1: Yeah, the, the, uh, where do we begin on that sort of question? There, there's many, many challenges. The payment infrastructure is built uh, very siloed from every single country, and actually here in the U.S., it's very siloed between state to state. So you have 50 different states, 50 different regulators to adhere to, to uh, adhere to like regulation in terms of money transmission. So it's a it, the the legacy world is is very very complex. So, Wire spent a lot of time. You know, we started the company in in 2012, 2013. So we spent. Uh, eight years trying to navigate this kind of in-between phase of uh, the fiat-regulated world and the crypto world, and we built a lot of compliance and regulatory infrastructure to be able to adhere to the rules and regulations of of, uh, of the fiat world and and banking infrastructure. Working with awesome bank partners uh, to help us out with this, and we built all this like infrastructure out uh, to now really. Uh, provide this function to companies that don't want to deal with this. That really want to focus on the vo- value, uh, the core value prop, which is you know being the sic- most secure uh, place to store your your crypto, um, and more most accessible as well. So this is uh, there's a lot of work that that uh, that went into that, but it's it's making sure you know having the the, the most compliant and most uh, regulated infrastructure as you possibly can.
2: So let me try to build on that with another question. So for instance, if you can access certain coins through wire, what are your your kind of legal requirements into making sure that the coins that you're providing to to your different clients, for instance, and that the users are going to be able to buy through your different clients, um, are actually uh, uh, on point with regards to the different uh, regulatory frameworks in the different countries?
1: It's less, uh, there there is an element of which coins you can support, um, which is very, very important. Um, And, you know, there's, uh, you know, we have a a long process of adding coins into uh, the wire ecosystem um, and what we support, but it's more of the flow of funds of taking money from bank accounts and interacting with the fiat world that that brings a lot of complexity to this sort of, um, this kind of integration. Um, It's less about the assets that you support and more about uh, protecting end consumers and being regulated and having the correct bonding and, and somebody to, you know, a regulator to call if things go south um, and keeping, keeping everyone safe in the fiat world.
2: Iqbal, you kind of have a flair for detecting and building fintech innovations. Um, and while I was preparing this podcast, I was actually researching your previous interviews. And and, and actually, I really like uh, your vision about the, the way Internet evolved and how you were linking this to the evolution of the crypto world. And correct me if I'm mistaken. So we're talking about the fact that the Internet started with the access providers. And then you had the emails who actually enabled development of social media and e-commerce. Then you were talking about a similar kind of evolution on the crypto side. Could you please elaborate on that and maybe uh, maybe tell our listeners what, what you think uh, the, the evolution of crypto uh, is going to, uh, to be shaped by?
0: Sure. So let me start with the end first. Uh, one of the, the pushbacks that we, we hear regularly in the press is that nobody's using crypto. We're not spending it. We're not doing anything with it. And I'm OK with that. If you have a look at how the internet developed, you'll understand that there is no rush to start utilizing crypto. So the way the internet developed is we, we had this access layer, you know, broadband, dial-up internet connection, which gave you access to the world of internet. If you compare that to crypto, that access layer is right now being done by exchanges, where you can buy and sell crypto. And that gives you the means to do other things with crypto. So you can swap crypto, you can lend it, you can you know borrow against it, et cetera, et cetera. The second layer in the internet was emails. Um, what individuals don't understand is without an email address, there was no Amazon. There was no Skype. There was no Facebook. We couldn't avail any of those services if you didn't have a simple thing, such as an email address. So we that's the thing which is missing in the world of crypto today. We, we're rushing... To create these services, we're we're rushing to say we have a lending service, we have all these DeFi apps and, you know, the the world is going to start using them. But if we want the mass market to use their services, they need one crucial element. And that's actually a a crypto wallet. Now, whether that's a hardware wallet such as Ledger or it's a software wallet, you know, remains to be seen. But we need to get every individual uh, a a wallet, a wallet address, because without that, you cannot do anything in a world of crypto. So we need the the hotmail of crypto. And I'm not saying that's Ledger, because it wasn't just one company when it came to email that we had Hotmail, we had Yahoo Mail, we had AOL, MSN, Gmail, to name a few. So companies such as Ledger and other wallet providers are the ones who are going to provide that that foundational infrastructure. Once that's done, we will then see a lot of these services tipping into the mass market.
2: Okay, that's interesting. And Maybe I can try and build on that uh, by asking you how you envision the hotmail of crypto. What what are the main and essential uh, characteristics that it will have to uh, provide uh, people with?
0: There's, I think there's three parts. Um, unlike email, where if your email was to get lost, um, the world didn't really end. Um, where When you're dealing with money, you need to have an added layer of security. So I think security or a secure wallet Wallet is absolutely imperative here. The second element, um, I said three elements, actually, I need to, the second element, which is really important, is we need to make these wallet addresses human readable. So an email address was something you could remember. Um, you know, iqbal at, I don't know, yahoo.com. That's not my address, by the way. Um, someone's going to get random emails now. Um, but, you know, we need a simple wallet address uh, where it could be, you know, Iqbal ledger dot com, and it points to my hardware wallet. So those are the two elements that we need: something which is easy to remember and something which is secure.
2: Yanni, what's your take on that? Do you have Do you have an opinion about about this uh, this whole kind of access? Uh, because we're talking about accessibility here, about the, the access to mass adoption and the different tools that would enable such adoption.
1: hundred percent. I, I, I mean, the uh, you know, so I would add to that. I, I definitely accessibility is extremely important. Everyone needs a wallet. And uh, I'd res- the thoughts from about resonate really, really well with me. Um, you know, the reasons why I got into crypto and, and everyone has a journey of getting into crypto. You know, my my. My uh, grandmother in Greece in 2012 was unable to take out more than 200 euros from her own bank account, right? So the ways I, I, we were sending her money to actually, through a friend, uh, John Likaki, I hope he listens to this. That lives next door to my grandmother, and we were, I was saying He told me to send something called Bitcoin. I had no idea about this, and I ended up sending in some Bitcoin, and he gave my grandma some cash. So that's a everyone. I think the the accessibility, the freedom uh, of being being able to have capital and and on unlo- you know unlocking all these use cases is um is going to be massive and a lot of people are realizing this uh um all over the world um and I, you need crypto wallets in order to access that uh the end state would be hey i could send some crypto to my grandma you know how do we do that and and um i think absolutely moving into every giving everyone access to crypto wallets is a is a critical is a, is all is it is, is the the big mission forward so um yeah, I, th- I think, it, you know, we started the company, We, we you know, in, in terms of it's really quite difficult to actually do this. Um, you know, it's quite difficult. We spent a lot of time uh, trying to navigate how do we actually build these core sort of crypto wallets while playing ball with like regulators. And we, we slowly realized after years of pivoting around and trying to find good, uh, you know, good product market fit, building regulatory infrastructure, that the value is, if we're really serious about getting billions and billions of people into this ecosystem, we need to make it easier for people to build applications. We need to make it easier for developers to be able to um, get API keys and build ledgers or get API keys and build um, any 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 sort of application to reach our local communities and, and, build, and, and reach billions of people all over the world. Um, so yeah, that's you know it, it's quite challenging, and, and we're really excited about the work that we're doing here.
2: So let's give something a listen and and, and try and react uh, react on this afterwards. I think a thousand institutions, a thousand corporations uh, started adopting Bitcoin as an asset for investment in the past twelve months. I think there'll be an avalanche of thousands more that'll be coming uh, as they start to see that uh, that this is uh, a very high quality treasury reserve asset on parity with other assets. So, of course, that was Michael Saylor on Yahoo Finance a couple of months ago. We've seen institutions in the USA adopting cryptocurrencies at quite a rapid pace comparing to other countries here in France, uh, it's been moving, but not quite rapidly. I think you, maybe, Yanni, you can tell us about Greece, but from where from where I come in Egypt, it's it's not been quite... Uh, it's not been seen quite the adoption we've been seeing in the United States. So the United States has, has been far ahead. Yanni, as, as an entrepreneur who lives in the United States... Why is that? What do you think that, that the United States are, are being uh, uh, such an avant-garde, having such an avant-garde approach in terms of crypto adoption and and specifically Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I, I think it's a, being a CFO in a large enterprise that holds a lot of U.S. dollars. Uh, I'd be very scared. Right. So I think if you leave, if you're holding U.S. dollars for the, you know, it's set um for the next ten years, you're uh, you're losing anywhere between fifteen to twenty percent of your your um, your funds in in terms of inflation. So a lot of CFOs that in large institution hedge funds that have cash balances, it's, it's 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 that's a scary number, right? So I imagine you're seeing you know people are looking around and investing and divesting their their cash reserves into different assets. In um, interest rates are at zero and they're going to be for a really long time. And I think that a really you know a lot of Treasury funds and, and uh, investment hedge funds uh, um, and CFOs are looking to crypto as a good option. Uh, it's a good hedge, and, and and we're seeing a big interest in this. Um, uh, we we don't work wire specifically doesn't work with a lot of like. Uh, you know, this sort of like treasury, but we are seeing influx of like traditional um, companies coming into space, looking to build products in this. But I think that's a pretty scary number, and I think Mike Michael Saylor is doing a really good job uh, rallying the troops in, in in this sort of ecosystem to um, to to get more funds into crypto, Bitcoin specifically.
2: Iqbal, maybe you can give us the UK side of things and and tell us also about how this might impact mass adoption.
0: So I think um, I think there's three aspects to to, to this. You know. Part of it is true, and I think it—you uh, know—in the terms of the America leading, um, they've always been early adopters. Um, a lot of that is borne out in what we saw in Silicon Valley when in the dot-com era. So they're prepared to take more risks. I think part of it is a myth. We just don't hear about all the other projects. We don't hear about the cool projects where you know charities are paying their their, their employees using Bitcoin because there's no banking infrastructure where they're working. Um, so. I think we need to be slightly cognizant of that in the sense that there are some really cool things happening in other countries. Um, We just don't hear about them. Um, And I think the last part of of the jigsaw puzzle is, you know, maybe Americans believe that the US dollar is dead. I mean, who am I to, you know, say it's going to be dead? And sorry, what the second part of your question?
2: About how uh, this might impact adoption in general. So the institutions leading the way and then the people following because they have kind of social proof, you know, if Tesla's putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet, then Bitcoin must be legitimate. I mean, that's what people think, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah,
0: I, I think you're right. I think it gives uh, a level of credibility. And obviously, if the institutions have structured products, which they can use in which to invest their own treasury funds, then they can retail those structured products out to consumers. So it makes it easier for me to, you know, put my pension in a in crypto and my ISA, which is in the UK equivalent to an IRA in the in, in the U.S., um, so I think institutions leading adds a layer of credibility. And I think that's what retail investors are. I think we all are constantly looking for somebody to give us that voter confidence, that, you know, that Twitter blue tick to what we're doing.
2: Definitely. So moving forward, it's time for our forecast to know how the weather is going to be like. One watches the weather forecast. If you want to know how cryptocurrencies, blockchain and what three might evolve in the future. Here's the ledger forecast. Yanni, you co-founded WIRE in 2013 and been through the ups and downs of the ecosystem. I think you've seen it all. Um, Could you maybe walk us through the past and give us a glimpse of the future of uh, how you envision uh, payments and APIs, but also the future of WIRE?
1: Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we definitely have pretty stuff to be in this ecosystem. you need to have a pretty tough stomach. So, uh, you know, we've definitely seen bear, the bear markets, bull markets in the past eight years, uh, three bears through bulls. And, and we're, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're in transition potentially with another one right now. I'm not, not very sure. Uh, uh, probably need to have some technical analysis to understand if we're going into a bear market, but it, whether, it, nevertheless, you know, the, the mission's there, right. You're, 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 prolonging the mission of Bitcoin and and that keeps everyone motivated and uh, everyone super motivated to continue working. So we've definitely seen up and down. We've, uh, you know, in the past, we've built out this big regulatory banking infrastructure that we're now effectively reselling because we think it's such a challenging issue for many, many companies in the ecosystem. It's We think it's very crazy that um, in order to launch a business, it's going to take you 12 to 24 months and sell big parts of your company just to get enough capital to get the regulatory and banking infrastructure. Um, we just think that that's absolutely bizarre. And uh, if we can help people build Really, really highly compliant products, and to reach billions of people in in a matter of hours, it's it's going to continue driving us. And I think more or less you're going to see Wire doing more of that. Uh, you know, how do we make it more accessible for developers to build awesome products? That's 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 really what we're focused on, and we're going to be extremely focused on that for the next uh, couple of years, and until we get you know billions of people into this ecosystem, um, I think um, uh, the I think uh, yeah, that, that that's that's probably our, where I see Wire's
2: future line. Egbal, we're going to give something else a listen and, and maybe have your reaction. Queda aprobada la ley de Bitcoin. So since El Salvador's announcement and bill to make Bitcoin a legal tender, we've seen politicians from Brazil, Paraguay, Argentina, Mexico, um, starting to adopt similar views. In your opinion, from a payment and transaction perspective, how does this impact the future of the ecosystem?
0: the easy answer is very positive um ultimately once a country accepts bitcoin as as legal tender then you need to build the infrastructure around this where people can pay for goods and pay for services um and each one of these is obviously a a transaction payments and transactions um so if Salvador was to take the lead and it seemed to take the lead on this And, you know, Argentina, and we have a few other countries started to follow. And they they create this framework because today there is no framework for replacing your existing currency with with Bitcoin. Once that framework has been created and other countries can cut and paste this, then, you know, it's quite simple to imagine what that's going to do to the payments and transactions industry over crypto, not traditional fiat, but over crypto. Um, So I would say I'm very positive. And uh, each one of the people in El Salvador... It's gonna need a wallet.
2: What do you mean by over crypto?
0: Yeah, over crypto. So they'll be utilizing crypto. So uh, so you know they'll be utilizing Bitcoin to services rather than traditional. I don't know, whatever the currency was in El Salvador. Um,
2: so it's almost time for us to wrap this up. Uh, before having to do so, I'd like to ask you both a question. I'm sure many of our listeners would benefit from. We call it a tip for crypto first grader. <music> You guys have been involved in crypto for a few years now. So the idea here is to enable our audience to benefit from this experience. Let me throw out a softball that any of you can catch. Um, what is your ultimate tip, the ultimate tip, uh, to somebody who's just starting in the ecosystem? Uh, maybe the thing you wish that you knew at the time or the biggest mistake to avoid. Uh, feel free to go first.
1: Uh, I, uh, yeah, happy to. Um, I think, uh, you know, it ta- you need a strong stomach. I said this earlier, and it's... it's Changing, uh, you know, fifty to sixty years of legacy infrastructure is not going to happen over time, overnight, right? So, you, you're we're thinking about long term here. So you need a strong stomach, and, um, and that. So that's my first tip. Like, uh, don't don't expect that things move really, really fast in crypto. But uh, you know. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of change happening, but you need a strong stomach and think about the 10 year, 20 year, 30 year plan here. Uh, it's not about the battles that you fight today. It's about the war over the long term. I think that's uh, the biggest thing. Um, I, I boost VC, uh, you know. You know, always says, be the cockroach. I, you know, you're always, you always need to be there. And I think that's really important. I think the second thing is probably education. Always make sure you're fully educating yourself. Uh, there's a lot of noise in the ecosystem and it's, you need a lot of education to kind of like understand what to sift through and it's hard to go down different paths, but uh, constantly read in this ecosystem is, is really important.
2: I'm kind of curious about the first point. So how do you get a strong stomach? Do you, do you kind of have a kind of tips to get to get a, a strong st- stomach and become a cockroach, how do you do that? Is it just experience, or, or or do you kind of need to do certain things?
1: Yeah, you need you need to have grit. I think uh, you know, uh, it just like I don't know how you can. Teach somebody grit. You need grit, tenacity, like the and and being nimble in the face of change. I think those are key qualities uh, that you need to have. And just change your mindset. You you need people need to have a strong mindset and think about the long term vision. And um, it's 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 hard to teach somebody grit, but uh, just if you keep it in mind and work at it every day. I don't know. Um, I wish there was some like
2: physical workout. I don't know resilience. Maybe
1: running. Yeah, resilience, uh, running in the rain naked and, and freezing cold. I don't know.
2: Igval, what do you think
0: about that? So, I, I, again, I'm going to compare it to the, the era of the internet. Um, during the advent, you know, the Facebooks of this world and, and Twitter of this world, people, the common man, you know, the everyday individual, were focused on utilization of the apps and not speculating on the price, the share price, because the share price wasn't transparent and it wasn't public. That didn't mean. That the shares and prices didn't go up that didn't mean that the utilization wasn't there because you know we're still using facebook if you look at the world of crypto it's switched people are more focused on the speculative price rise rather than the utilization but that doesn't mean the utilization is not going to come we're just viewing it slightly differently Um, And I I would compare that to a Tesla. Some people invest in Tesla and some people drive a Tesla. Some people invest in Facebook shares and some people use Facebook. When it comes to crypto, today we're all investing. All we need to do is peel back the layers and actually understand what is actually building. And once you understand that, you'll start to ignore all the naysayers.
2: So it's basically going into the ecosystem by trying to be a user rather than being an investor? do i understand yeah. this correctly yeah okay yeah well thanks for the advice gentlemen this was an absolute pleasure um i appreciate you coming and i really hope we can do this again soon thanks a lot thank you that's it thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this as much as we have we'll be coming back soon with more inspiring guests let us know what you think in the comment section share like and hit subscribe if that's what you're into brought to you by ledger directed and edited by Theo Visman. this was on the ledger live from paris till next time take care Au revoir This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment, tax advice or, more generally, any type of advice. Ledger will not be responsible for the consequences of reliance upon any opinion or statement contained in this podcast or any omission crypto assets are volatile, you should be fully aware of the level of risk involved before engaging in any crypto related activities and you should consult your own advisors as to those matters. References to any securities or digital assets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute an investment recommendation or offer to provide investment advisory services. Please note that any loss of data, crypto assets or profit is your sole responsibility.